afternoon as Musical Rejoins as your Tampa Bay Lightning take on the Montreal Canadiens. Indeed. Game three. Tonight, 7.30, we will check in with Danielle, another member of the Morning X show. Oh, she'll be on? On 97X, yeah. We're going to have like an entire Morning X past and present. In fact... Geo, former night guy of 97X. Kayla, you ever do any uh, music shows for 97X? <laughs> no. Ah, oh, that's too bad. Can we go get Nikki? Oh, we're good. Okay. <laughs> Just figure we should have all uh, former 97X, uh, you know, alumnus here at the uh, reunion. A uh, super morning X show. Indeed. Uh, that voice belongs to one Chris Fisher. You may know him as Fish. He hails from Orlando. I hail from Orlando. We worked in radio, yet our paths never even crossed once in person until I came over here to kind of check into getting back into radio. We know all the same people from Orlando. Right. Uh, you were part of uh, of Napoleon and College Boy, the yeah. morning show on The Crow, I believe, yeah, over yeah. in Daytona Beach, which I would listen to. And that's when I would uh, used to listen to Drew all the time. You were doing nights at the time. And um, I like I, I, I if, if you don't mind, I'll start with my Facebook uh, oh, post yes, from please. today. Gio, can you get some uh, melancholy music over there so that we can play it while uh, Fish is reading his very sentimental Facebook post? Yes, it, Seth? Are you nervous, Fish? Yeah, I am. It seems like you are. And I'm sorry for being nervous. No, it's okay. I, sh- I really shouldn't be. You guys are my friends. I mean, everybody in this room I love. But all my career, if I've ever called into a show or walked in on somebody else's show and was is not the guy behind them. Like, if you and I could switch seats right now, then I'd go, all right, here we go. I feel comfortable now, and I'd be all relaxed. Right. But, but sitting over here, and I'm sure you're the, well, I don't know if you're the same way or not, but yes. Okay, so you understand. I am. If I if Mike asked me to sit on his show, when Shannon had me on his show, and I'm in the Bone Daily Rewind show, it's a different headspace. You and I are accustomed to driving the train as opposed to riding on it. It's easier to sit in on someone else's show, but it's also so much more off-putting, and, yep. and, and it's just so weird. All right, so this is what I posted earlier this morning. Today, I, uh, a literal dream of mine is coming true. I get to be the producer for a day for Drew R. Garambo. Believe it or not, there hasn't been too many radio shows over the years that I've really liked. As a matter of fact, Drew's night show at WTKS TKS in the mid to late 90s may be the only show that I've ever been a fan of. It was the only show that I could listen to and be entertained by. Everything else on the radio was homework for me. When I listened to Howard Stern, Ron and Ron, Doc and Johnny, Paul and Ron, Lex and Terry, et al., I listened with his students here. I listened for the craftsmanship and analyzed how they were doing what they were doing. I respect them all and was a fan of how they would execute certain functions of their shows. But Drew, Drew was different. (laughs) So great. (laughs) He made me laugh a lot. He moved so fast that I couldn't pause and analyze anything. It was the best. It was best for me just to enjoy the show. Well, this past Friday, Janice Live held an event to support Anna Davis and her family. Drew Garabo Live donated a producer for a day prize for a silent auction. I won. So this afternoon, tune into blah, 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 and donate uh, to help. Oh, no, let me not blah, blah, blah that. But yeah, tune into The Bone in Tampa from 4 to 7. But before you do, go to this website and make a donation to help the Davis family. Thank you. That's 400beachseafood.com. The number 400beachseafood.com. <laughs> Look what our mutual friend just tweeted down there at the very bottom. <laughs> a very good friend of ours who is, I won't rat out by name, just tweeted, gay. <laughs> you know what? It's true. It does, it does sound a little over the top, 
but I'll say this. It is, yes. it, it, it is true. A literal dream of mine. Um, uh, last January, mm -hmm. so almost a year and a half ago, I was uh, having lunch with Keith Lawless, yep. who runs this joint. He does. And he was feeling me out. He was like, all right, man, where's your head? You know, it's been uh, like four or five months. You know, what are you thinking? And, and at the time, I didn't want to come back and host a show. I wanted. I was feeling like backing off and becoming like maybe... Uh, uh, doing production and maybe being a producer or something like that. And I go, hey, you know what? What do you think about me producing uh, Drew Grabo's show? And he just looked at me cross-eyed. And I go, no, I, I really like, because what I was thinking in my head was, I'm done being in the limelight. I want to take everything I know about that and grab somebody I like and, and just make them as, as big as they possibly can be, right? right? And so I had been envisioning you. There's, yeah. Uh, and and I, your talents, oh. uh, you know, so on and so forth. Tell now, me more. Okay, now, so, okay, well, let's, I'm, I'm going to stop there. Oh, okay. So. I was just uh, about to finish. Just I mean, you would have, uh, <laughs> go ahead. You would have never gone along with that, would you? What? It, Fisher being your producer? Um... Well, there are days when I think that that'd be a great idea. It'd be, a <laughs> be a welcome change to have something positive around here. Want to make me feel real good about myself? Change of pace. Yeah. You know, Keith thought I was crazy too. You know, he's like, "There's no way that was going to work." And I was like, "Listen, man, I go, I can, I, I can make him number one." He goes, "He's already number one." I go, <laughs> "I go, uh, I mean, twenty-five, you know, men and women, yeah. not just men." Yeah. And and keep him there, and and really, uh, do, you know, because I had all these other, I, you know, whatever, and. Um, and he's like, no. Anything? What's next? I'm like, well, maybe I could do production. And do you guys have anything opening up on, you know, the Eagle or something? Oh no. <laughs> so next thing you know, another year's passed, and I'm still on yeah, radio. Are. Here <laughs> we are. But but so so technically, uh, envisioning producing for you at mm -hmm. one point uh, in the late '90s, listening to you, and, and and it's true what I said. You're, if not the only, like somebody might remind me of some show. Go, oh yeah, I forgot I was a fan of that. Too. Right. But for the most part, when I listen to the radio. I was listening to all those greats. I mean, even Howard. I'm not a yeah. fan. I don't. I don't seek him out. I never have in my career. I listen to him to go. Why is it everybody says he's so great? Right. And then try to you know deconstruct it. And but you're and I'm. I, I'm going to sound like I'm stroking you. Please. I mean, and uh, uh, but this was the late '90s. You know, back when you're younger days. Oh yeah. The way your brain worked, and there was no craftsmanship. <laughs> Let me just say this. This is why I think I got entertained by your show, because there was no craftsmanship. I could tell that that was a guy who was raw, who was talented, who was very intelligent, and who nobody was directing, and just is letting him do his thing. And so it just entertained me every single night. Um, and, and you wow, and it wow. Damn it. This does sound like, what's it, what do they call it? Putting over or marking yeah, out you're, you're or whatever? putting me over and marking Both. out. And and then uh, and then your references, the way you could uh, improv the rap and all that kind of stuff. And it, to me, it just blew my mind because it, it, it made me question whether or not I should be in radio at the time. Because to mm -hmm. me, I knew I could never quote as many 80s movies as you were quoting. I could never recall the stuff that you – and I go, well, shoot, if I can't do that, should I even be in radio? And, uh, you know wow. – I never and, meant to make you second guess yourself, Fish. Oh, yeah. and then and then and then and then later on in life, you took my job. No, it's not true. Oh, well, just replaced. No, it's well, not true. It's not true. At all. We'll get to that, that in a was, moment. You you replaced. Uh, well, replaced. no one could replace a legend. But, oh, but but joining us right now on our hotline, uh, ladies and gentlemen, he holds down the noon to three spot right here on one zero two five The Bone, Mr. Shannon Burke. What's up, Shannon? Well, first of all, hi Fisher. You're awesome. I'm a big. I'm you know a huge fan of yours. What's up, Mr. Burke? Second of all, how are you? I'm doing Second good, man. Doing real good. I just want to tell Drew that many nights after I'd finished my midday shift at PKS, I would I'd go home, and after dinner, I would curl up with a radio and lie in bed and do the voice uh, until late into the evening. Well, I remember quite a few uh, quite a few not-so-sober phone calls on the hotline from you when I was doing nights <laughs> yeah. on PKS, Mr. Burke, and those were good moments. 
I never had the opportunity to listen to you back in the day. I didn't. Right. I wasn't in town when Shannon Burke was around. Right. But that does remind me, Jim, Phil, Jim Phillips. I actually was a fan of that show as oh, well. Yeah. But he didn't wow me like I would when I was listening to you at night. The Thank way you. your crazy ass brain works. That was a lot of fun. I was smoking oh. a lot of weed back then. <laughs> Well, it's I good to hear your voice, Fish. You're, uh, you're you're great. I was a huge fan. You know, you know, I was the, every day when I worked on a former show uh, in the morning, I would leave Orlando early in the morning and drive down there to do it. And uh, Fish was right there, man. Uh, every step of the way on my drive, it was awesome. Hey, I'm yeah, glad man. I could be there for you from 3 a.m. to 5 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> it was my pleasure. What are you doing? What are you doing now? Man, Great I don't question. know. I'm, I'm, doing a, I'm doing a podcast. I don't know if you know uh, Jesse Cage. He was at 98 Rock for years, was over the fan for a minute. And uh, that's Cage with a K. Uh, Fisherandcage.com. If you go there, you'll see basically everything. But, yeah, we started a podcast and just made our, ma- our first major shift in it recently because it a, it's a video podcast. And what we decided to do is do a live stream Monday through Thursday from noon until 2. Sorry. Sorry. Noon until 2. We had to pick sometime, oh. Shannon. You son of a bitch. We had to pick sometime. <laughs> Great question, Shannon. <laughs> Great question. Well, right what, we, what we realized, though. But <laughs> 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 what we realized, or, you know, as we got into it, is that. Um, <laughs> Listen, I love him. He loves me. I know he's, he's a just my balls. Yeah, he's a great dude. I love him. Oh, that is too funny. So um, so what we realized like a month into this is that it, it people use their devices differently. You know, this isn't radio. If you right. if we were doing radio, yeah, you need to be on two hours for it because people are getting their cars. They're listening at 20 minutes a pop, 40 minutes at a pop, you know, sure. stuff like that. So what we were t- in actually asking people to do is come to us either live every day from noon till two or... On demand later, and 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 set out a two-hour block, which is like a movie every single night. Yeah, and that just seemed too much. So what we're doing now is we are taping on Mondays and Tuesdays. You can see the live taping via the website on Tuesdays, and then we're packaging all that stuff, sending it out through YouTube and Facebook and so on, and just see if and, and um, get trying to get the podcast subscribers. Sure, and kind of see where that goes. Uh, we are joined in the studio by Chris Fisher, known, known as Fish, part of Fisher and Boy in the mornings. Now you and Seth, uh, known as Boy at the time. We're together for the better part of 11 years. We sure did. Tell me about when things started to go absolutely horribly and you started to realize that he's an uptight prick who you couldn't handle working with any longer. I think it was right after I hired him. No. <laughs> uh, honestly, it wasn't. It, it, he, that's not true. That's not even okay. a true statement about him. Well, he is uptight. Oh, it's okay. I mean, we've, we've settled everything, so, no. you know, we could be honest. Uh, right, because I had my own issues at the time. If I were a better leader, if I understood human beings better at the time, then he would have been that that wild Mustang. What am I doing? What am I, Gio, I'm coming to you next uh, with all kinds of He was just this amazing wild Mustang out on the prairie that I, you know, I just didn't know how to wrangle and uh, an amazing talent. Mm. And at at the time that I was trying to figure out the direction of what we were doing, what was going to happen with the show, because things were kind of uh, stalled off the air. Seth was kind of taking over the show naturally. And then at some point, it kind of dawned on me, on me that I had lost control of the show, mm. that Seth, Seth was taking over. But it was working just fine, but it, I'd gotten angry at that point. Well, it wasn't a taking over on the air. It was an off the air kind of thing, right? Right, right. The direction and this and that. And I Seth, know how that goes. Seth tells a story. That's why I'm here, Garabo. Get used to it. <laughs> Seth tells a story that I don't remember. And he goes, I knew the writing was on the wall the day that they came to us and said, man, you need to just follow Seth's lead on content. One up in the time, he's controlling the content. And I blew up and said, what? Uh, you said, what does this guy know? He never leaves his house at all. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something you'd say for sure. Well, at least uh, a lot's changed since then. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Seth's definitely grown up a lot. So, sure. uh, so, yeah. So, um, those last couple of years that I was there, I was, I was looking for an out. 
And uh, when they were trying to get, uh, because I, I didn't have the balls to stand up and go, you know what, this isn't working for me. I'm the host of the show. Yeah. Da, da, da. you got to be comfortable. Let, let's have this. I, I was more like, man, something isn't working. I don't want to blow up the show. I, I, and then I found it out. And that was with Shark one day because they were on him about coming off the air. Right. And so I go, hey, how about I go to afternoons? We get somebody to replace me. We don't really blow up the show. Da 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 da. Continuity. And he goes, man, that's a great idea. And next thing you know, the ball's in motion. Oh, thank God that ball went in motion, too. Yeah. Because yeah. that ball uh, brought me right back to radio. That's when I started meeting with Shark and Keith about coming back to radio after being out for three years. Well, Gio actually has a, has a clip of when Fisher talked to Shark about leaving the Morning X. Oh, God. Do you really? Yes. How do we get that, uh, how do we get that clip? No, you're talking about. I've got some stuff. There was a, a live broadcast oh, at the Boned at the Hard Rock, and that's when the architect was, the legend was then born oh, on 1025 oh. The Bone. And then this is Chris Fisher completely sober, right? Yeah. Oh, sure. Of course. Yeah. All right, just making sure. Oh, no. Oh, that's weird. Uh-oh. I go, hey, man, oh, I, can't, I can't keep doing this in 97X. I can't keep doing this? I can't keep doing this. I, I can't. Okay. All right. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see where this goes. Hold on. He says, I'm done? I'm done. Okay. I go, can we please bring in Drew Garabo? And he goes, no, I want to bring in Billy Madison. <laughs> Billy Madison and his big ass hair. Hey, Shark, I brought you the best ratings you've had in the history of the station. Uh-huh. And what did Shark say to that? What was, his, goes, what was his answer to that? And he goes, can you still work with that guy that you want to kill? And I go, no. Can Boy? you bring in, yes. Can you bring in Billy Madison? And oh, I go, no. I go, can you make, you know, some... All right, well, this almost turned into the Morning X with Billy, Derek, Seth, and Danielle. And yeah. they said no. That, yeah, that wouldn't have worked, because I wouldn't have been here, so... They were going to bring in oh, Billy to uh -huh. replace me. So they were going to bring in Billy, right? Okay. And he said, no, man, I need Nard and Chubbs and whatever, whatever. So Billy was loyal to his crew, and, and he goes, so no, if I'm going to roll down there to Tampa, I want my whole crew. Exactly. Hell okay. yeah. Which and is a good I, thing. Well, All right. Hell yeah. I get that. What had happened was, Drew, Bar Drew Garabo goes... Screw you, mother effers. Oh, no. I'm all in. But do you know who brought Drew Garabo to town? Everybody's claiming responsibility. Really? Oh, I brought in Mike uh -huh. Cowhead. Uh -huh. I brought in Drew Garabo. Uh -huh. Go on. And kind of, sort of, and everybody else. And uh -huh. they asked me whatever, whatever. You brought in these guys, and then you feel ousted. Are you mad because you didn't discover us first? No, I feel like the, I feel like the little alien guy in the middle of the night. And you guys keep doing what you're doing. All of a sudden, I'm going to explode through your stomach. Oh, no. And like take Quato. your show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I know, you know, I never heard the whole thing. I just heard the beginning of it. And that, that was the first time. That Holy. was uh, what spawned the architect. That's so oh, great. Oh, my God. That's great. That was Brought spice. in everybody. Holy spice, uh, smokes. Hosting with fish. I heard uh, Nard's voice in there, too. <laughs> that was our all-day broadcast. The first oh, time we did the all-day broadcast with the, the Bone Draft. And, uh, you know, it may be a little bit exaggerated, but there is a lot of truth to that. I was out of radio, and they had offered the morning show to Billy Madison, who came in and auditioned with Seth. And then uh, Billy turned the game down, thank God. It was a huge domino effect, right? A huge one, indeed. A butterfly domino <laughs> effect that still ripples to this very day. <laughs> because Billy turned down that show. I was able to go do mornings then with Seth and Danielle. And then uh, Fish went to afternoons. And then uh, everything shook up again, and here we are. Yeah. And we all got fired. And yeah. everybody got fired from 97X except Danielle. The cream <laughs> rises to the top. And uh, here we are some, uh, some years later.
Oh, wow. Ooh. So you're welcome, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, <laughs> the architect. Sorry it was tumultuous there for a while, yeah. but I hope everything's Poop working happens. out. Uh, joining us now on the phone, yet another host of a show on 102.5 The Bone. We already heard from Shannon Burke. We're not going to hear from Mo because he's banned from our hotline, but we will hear from the king of morning radio in Tampa Bay. You know him. You love him. He is Mike Calta. What's up, Mike? Ugh, the king of morning radio. You've heard me. <laughs> the <laughs> emperor. How you doing, man? How you been? I'm great, man. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm living, uh, I guess, uh, I'm living in paradise. Uh, I called to find out uh, the origin of the architect comment from your point of view. Um, well, from my point of view, I, I just knew that it was out there. Like, you know, being in the middle of the night, I would find out things, you know, a little bit later. And so I knew that it was sarcastic. I knew when people started using the architect, it was sarcastic. But to me, it made me laugh. Well, like, no, no, no. I know where the architect okay. came from. I, th I think it was one of the, I think a listener coined the phrase, or Drew might even say it, but where did it come from? That you said you were responsible for bringing everybody. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, here's how. Here's the 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 genesis of this was me defending Drew Garabo when he took over for me because people would come to me and tell me how much they hated him and how oh, much this shows. Well, you know how that is, man. It's just changed. I was there no, for ten years, and so what? I, so I started going. I go, guys. He, the reason he's there is because of me. So it would shorten the conversation. I go, I'm the one that pushed for Drew. I'm the one that pushed for Drew. So it started there. And then just turn, you know, just kind of turned it into something ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, yeah, because then, then it, uh, I heard that. I mean, I get the true part, but and there was spice and me and no, no, no. Like, okay, well, so so then when. Here. So then, then when I was taking it to the next level, like joking around about it, I go, well, in the same vein, then I'm also part of, you know, I'm, I'm also partly responsible for Mike making it over here. I was fighting for Calta uh, back in the day when we first put on a rock station down in Miami and trying to get him into the building then. And then when he was going to come over to 1025, there was a meeting with me like, hey, man, what, you know, what are your thoughts? And so I was part of the, you know, the discussion and of bringing Mike into the building. Did they ask you your thoughts because when Mike was on, I think, Both. 98 Rock, he posted something that you sent him, so they wanted to make sure that you were cool with him before they brought him into the building? It was both. Uh, what I thought of him as a talent and so, on, so forth and whether or not I thought I could work literally across the hall from him. I'm like, man, that stuff's, you know, just it's, it is what it is. It's under the bridge. Well, you, the first day I see him, we'll high five and that'll be it. So basically, he made you, Mike Alta. That's no, no, <laughs> but no, no. From, but from there, it just. I <laughs> but you know, but from there, it would just kind of escalate. So I just kept playing it bigger sure. and bigger and bigger, and trying to take credit for everybody I could. Well, hell, I, I got to, had to do something in the middle of the night. Why wouldn't you? Uh, we've got Chris Fisher in the studio with us, Mike Alta on the phone. Uh, Mike, what what do you have I, else I, for I Fish? I have, I have more questions. Good. I hope I, I'm not running over. No, time. not at all. Please do. I have quite, I have something for okay. you first. Oh, good. Oh. My my uh, my girl, you're my uh, girlfriend's favorite show, and it bothers me. And it doesn't bother me that you're her favorite show. It bothers me that uh, Drew and Seth's not her favorite show because that's my favorite show. That should bother you. And so she comes home, and I keep and I get an update, and and I did, you know I th I just thought it was funny as a guy who, you know, left the radio. Uh, got fired, and and then my girl and I'm with a girl who comes home once a week and tells me about what's going on on her favorite, you know, morning show. And I find, and I finally go, honey, honey. I go, man, I really appreciate the updates on Spanish's life and, and whatnot. But uh, <laughs> what do you think of my new show? <laughs> Ladies love cool Mike. I like to know a little bit about her. How old is she? <laughs> she is uh, 28 years old. Wow. Falls into the demo. Uh, attractive. Yeah, of course. Very. She's beautiful. Well, I don't know. You're out of radio now, so it's true. Go downhill. Yeah, I don't she, know. 
and she's smart. She is very smart. Very nice hair. All right, I'll take it. That good. makes me very happy. So please thank. What is her first name? Her name is Lauren. L Boogie. Lauren, thank you. Do I know her? Have I ever met her? Probably. Uh, I'm, I'm sure. Somewhere along the lines. All right. Well, Lauren, thank you very much for listening. Uh, what I really wanted to know is, what made you hate Seth? Um, I, I was I was getting anxiety. Hello, one to ten, meaning uh, you know, ten being the most hate. Where were you at? Like how how much? Oh no, it was ten. It was ten there for a while. Oh. Yeah, or nine or whatever. I mean, I don't want. You know. oh, let's, yeah. let's say nine. Let's yeah. say nine. And I'm probably the only person who can relate to why that is. Um, I I was coming into work, and at one morning I threw up on the way to work on on my steering wheel. Every I come day. in, and and I didn't know what it was at the time, but I was having anxiety attacks, panic attacks. Yep. And, and but, but please know it wasn't Seth. Like I was projecting everything onto him, <laughs> but it had to do with so much more that was going on inside the room. But mostly Seth. So it was about me not being able to handle going in to do the, the daily functions of a morning show and then projecting it on him why why I couldn't do that. I understand that. Seth, a retort? Uh, I mean, I think part of the reason why we were having issues is because I had a lack of respect for Fisher. Uh, you know, going back after we've talked it through, you know, he hated me for the way I was handling things, but I was handling things the way I did because I didn't respect Fisher and his work ethic and what time he was coming in on the show. And they were telling me, hey, put the show on your back. Fisher doesn't know the direction for content at all. So that's why I think our, our boss, Shark, created a lot of that stuff in between us. He would meet with us separately every single day, and then he would get my side of the story, and he would get Fisher's side of the story. And he never sat us down and said, hey, you ladies need to work things out at all. He just let things get to the point where Fisher wanted to remove himself from the situation. And, what, and, and I, I didn't even, I wasn't even giving him my side of the story every day. It was like every six to nine months. Can I get some? Oh, I was doing it every day. <laughs> okay, uh, Mr. Fisher would like some more water, please. Um, and so like every six to nine months, I just go in and go, I can't do this anymore. He's, you know, kicking over chairs and doing this and doing that. And, uh, and, and you guys got to do something. And I kept going, man, put us in therapy. Put us in, you know, couples right. therapy. And I really think we'll be able to work this thing out. Now, Keith, at once, he's like, man, blow it up on the air. The next time that he does this or does that, blow it up on the air and just go from there. Like the next time you're in the middle of a break and he takes his headphones off and starts to roll his eyes? You don't do that anymore. What? No, it's just, it's more <laughs> like a silent signal to Garabo that this isn't going well. He still does it. He still does it. Um... Well, that, uh, so, uh, See, look, he just did it now. <laughs> so I, but, but what Keith didn't understand the time is that I, I believed in us. We had something great. I believe, and I, I know we did. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and if that would have happened, it would have cut, excuse me, it would have cut too deep. And, and I didn't want to blow. I just, oh, I wasn't comfortable enough. I'm not that good. That wasn't your style at all. Right. If, right. if I were Mike, if I were you, yeah. I think I could. That I, that's a different personality. You guys are good at that. Right. And I wasn't. I was a, a you know, can you use the p, p word? Sure. All right. I was a pussy. Don't say that. And so that's one of the reasons why he didn't you have respect. You were kind of a pussy. I was. And that's one of the reasons why <laughs> Seth didn't have respect for me because I was too much of a pussy and was not, I never understood that part of my personality that you need to kind of be the opposite of that. Yes. And, and take control of your show and take control of whatever it is you want to you do and just do it. And I just... And I, just wasn't I, my I never deal. understood that about you guys because I was there and they were like, you need to play eight songs an hour. I was like, okay. And I played five and I'd get in trouble eventually. And then, you know, next thing you know, I'm playing five songs an hour. And sometimes I felt you had to push it and had to get in trouble in order to make things happen. But you guys are so by the book. I'm like, how can they put up with this crap? Because every time we tried, man, we got popped. I mean, there were, we'd be doing it at a time that like Bob Neal would be listening. Mm. And next thing you know, I'm in an office going, your job is on the line right now. He wants you fired because it, we were very, we said eight songs and you played six. 
and he happened yeah, to hear yeah, it. He was a douche. <laughs> Does everybody have to answer truthfully these questions? Yes, absolutely. Uh, Seth, what's the worst thing Fisher ever said about me behind my back? I mean, to be, I can't think of anything. I and mean, I'm not even, I wouldn't even lie for Fisher. I would love to throw him under the bus right now. But Fisher never had yeah. anything bad to say. And if you remember that day that I rolled over to your studio and I threatened to fight you, part of that was because of Fisher. I said, hey, Fisher, they just called our intern a moron because he wouldn't let one of the comedians up here. And Fisher said, okay. I said, well, go over there and say something to the guy. I mean, stand up for your show. And Fisher just didn't, wouldn't do it. So that's why I decided that I would go over there and threaten to fight you. I went about that the wrong way. But <laughs> Fisher, <laughs> Fisher was just way too nice of a guy. He never said anything bad about anybody. That's my That was my problem. That's why I don't have a job. That's not what Mike was looking for. I know. I'm so sorry. I wish I had something. We are joined on the phone by Mike Calta. Chris Fisher is in the studio with us. Uh, Mike, you will join us from the Lightning game tomorrow, correct? Uh, yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there very early. Can I, can I think in two quick four questions? I'd love. To. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> Please do. Uh, on a scale of one to ten, Fisher, how effective was Shark as a program director? I think he's on vacation, so you can answer yeah. answer truthfully. Yeah, he's he's, on, he's, he's in Portland. always on vacation. <laughs> um, he he was. I, I needed somebody to give me very clear. I, I don't know, man. I, I, I just need a number. I just need a number. <laughs> All right, scale one to ten, how effective how was he as a programmer? All right, how effective was he to getting the best out of me at the time, uh, five or six? But do I believe if he had the, the chance to do it again, not just with me but any other personalities, I think what he's learned through those experiences plus dealing with you and Bubba and all those things, I think I would love for him to be my program director again. I would love wow. for him to be a consultant of mine again. Great. Holy cow. And... <laughs> Finally, in closing, uh, what was the the biggest contract you ever signed with Cox? Uh, Ninety nine thousand. Wow! And it was and it's something wow. that stuck in my head because I well I gave up so much money over I would give up money for Seth I'd give up money for Danielle because uh, they just you know I could have kept them at part time and you know whatever but I felt they were just too valuable so I you know when my raises would come up. I do what I can to get money going their way. What a nice thing. But yeah. I will say it kind of stuck. That must be great. <laughs> it kind of stuck in me because I, there was this thing in my head that that time that I would sign my first you know six-figure deal. Now, I made more than six figures with remotes and you know, stuff sure. like that. But sure. I just it was not, I think it was 99 or 98 or something like that, unless you remember the number better than I do. Uh, yeah, I mean, was, I know uh, one year you made about 150 k with everything. Oh, yeah, with everything. Yeah, yeah I got you guys told each other what you made? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. because I started as Fisher's intern, so, I mean, he got me my, my first contract with the company with Jay O'Connor came to me and said, hey, here's a contract, and I couldn't believe it. Oh, man, that's, that breeds hate, man. Yeah. Because after a while, you're like, you're like, I'm doing 50% of the work, and I'm making... 40% of what he's making. That's why I was trying to give him money every time I got a raise. I was giving it to him. <laughs> well, well, the deal is going to leave this year. Uh, well, stop that. Uh, thank you, Michael, for joining us on the telephone and making things awkward. I appreciate it very much, and uh, we look forward to spending time with you at the Lightning Game tomorrow, my man. Like Fisher, this is my favorite show, too. See you guys later. <laughs>